I need to uh, just share a couple things with you, kind of get you caught up with everyone. I am preaching through the, the Gospel of John and uh, through the life of Christ and talking about specific things that Jesus has done. And um, when I first started this, the first Sunday, I realized that I had to make an apology because there's uh, what I'm going to share each Sunday is kind of like just skipping a rock across a, a shallow creek. There's so much more to these chapters and to what John has to say. And so I hope that uh, you, will, you will consider reading through John, the whole chapter of 11. Um, today we're just going to kind of focus in on the first half of John chapter 11. Um, uh, we've had a rough week at, at my house. And um, I only tell you that because I had to, had to go out and blow my nose. And I was also stalling for the baptistry timer to shut off. Apparently it didn't spring forward either. But now the heater's off. Everybody can hear me. And uh, I don't hear the noise in my head anymore. I hear other noises in my head. Um, <laughs> but we're going to talk about John chapter 11. Specifically, we're going to talk about the relationship that Jesus had with, with Mary and Martha, with Lazarus. And uh, the question, and I'm going to ask you this question at the end, but I always hated those pop quizzes in school. And so I'm going to give you the question at the beginning, and I'm going to ask the same question at the end so you can get ready to answer the question. The question is, who are you? There you go. Oh, but I should probably tell you that that question is not, who are you? It's actually a question to Jesus, who are you? So that's the question we're asking Jesus today. Who are you? Who, who do you think you are? And with that being said, let's jump right into John chapter 11. We're going to start with verse 1. The death of Lazarus. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard, when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of Man, the Son of God, may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place that he was. Now I have to pause right there. Because I wrote a question in my Bible, and the question was, why? If you love someone, and you get that call, we've all gotten that call, you should come today. Do you say, ah, we'll catch him in a few weeks? No, usually you know that when that call comes, you need to come and say goodbye. Jesus says, We're going to wait two more days. I'm going to answer that question in just a second. Then after this, he said to his disciples, let us go to Judea again. And the disciples are confused. They said, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you. And are you going there again? And Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. Again, I ask, why? And the answer I came up with actually comes from 
John chapter 9, verse 3, which has to do with the blind man that Jesus healed. And the disciples said, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he would be born blind? And Jesus said, neither, no one sinned. This happened so that God would be glorified. Okay? So, so let's not get too caught up being upset at Jesus for letting his best friend go ahead and die. Let's remember that he knows a lot more than we know. All right? And Jesus has a plan here. Verse 12 says, The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his, uh, excuse me, has spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant that he was taking a rest. And so they're like, well, if he's asleep, he's going to rest well. He's going to wake up. He's going to be fine. And then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. But then he goes on to say this to his disciples. And for your sake, I am glad that I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. So Thomas called the twin, also called the doubter, he said this to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Now listen, Thomas gets a bad rap, all right? Y'all say what you want about Thomas, but right here, he's all in. He, he may have some doubts later, but right now, when it was clearly explained to him, and, and they know Jesus is going back to the place where they tried to kill him just a few days earlier, Thomas is like, hey, let's go. If he's going to die, we're going to die. Come on, let's go. And I was like, awesome, Thomas, there you go, drawing a line in the sand. Now, when Jesus, verse 17, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Keep that in mind. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. It's not a far walk, okay? And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. And Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, and again, talk about Thomas, he's all in. Listen to what Martha says to the Lord. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Oh, Martha, boldness. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus said to her, pay attention. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And she said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. And when she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. And now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were in the house consoling her saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. And now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Verse 35 says, Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them, 
and there's some in every crowd, they said this, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? And I want to pause right there because the answer to that question is yes. Yes, he could have. But hold on. (laughs) There's more. He could have stopped him from dying. But he's going to do so much more than that. And Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. And Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! And the man who died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Now you would think this would be a cause for great celebration. But the, uh, the next verse says, many of the Jews who had come believed, but some of them went to the Pharisees and told Jesus what he had done, and guess what? They were angry about it. Now, I hope, like I said earlier, that this week you'll go through and read all of chapter 11, and you'll see the way that John writes this the way he's putting things together. But in this passage that I just read with you, there are three amazing truths about Jesus. I don't want to share those with you today. So if you want to write those down in your Gospel of John journal, that's a good place to start because I think these truths are still available to us, not just when someone passes away, but every single day of our lives. The first one is this. We read in what John shared that Jesus is a source of compassion for us. Think about this. Jesus loved Lazarus, Lazarus, he loved Mary, and he loved Martha. It was obvious to everyone they were close friends. Jesus hurt because they hurt. He felt their pain. He felt Mary and Martha's loss. He had a very heartfelt conversation with them. He wept because the pain that death brings. He wept because of Satan's bondage over mankind. You see, death was not in God's plan. As sin brought death into the world, and Jesus feels our pain. No matter what you're going through, you pick it. Death, anger, frustration, loss, diagnosis, divorce, heartbreak, sadness, loneliness, anxiety, anything I missed, physical pain, mental pain, heartbreak, any of those things. Jesus feels your pain today. If that's not comforting enough to know that He's a source of compassion in that regard. Know this, our Heavenly Father also feels your pain. He knows the pain that you're going through. Remember, he he too is experiencer of pain because it was his only son that he gave to die on the cross for our sins. Think on those things as you're having a bad day. He knows what you're going through every single day. Our Creator God knows what you're going through. You see, here's the thing. Mary and Martha called on Jesus that day. 
they actually called on him a few days earlier, but he came that day. The same is true for us. Jesus is just a prayer away. Call him. He will share your hurt. He will share your pain. With Christ as a focal point in your life, I promise you this, no matter what you're going through, you're not alone. No matter what you're enduring, you're not going to endure it by yourself. Our God is not a God who does not understand the things that we go through. He's compassionate. No matter what you're experiencing. The next truth I want to share with you about Jesus is this. Jesus is our source of strength. You see, for Mary and Martha, Jesus came in their time of need. He came in their darkest hour. And the statement is true. Couldn't he who opened the eyes of the blind also heal this man before he died? Yeah, he could have. But he came at Mary and Martha's darkest hour. Their brother is dead, and he brought with him hope. He brought with him strength. Not only that, but he brought God's power to a hopeless situation. We have to take notice of this. You see, Mary and Martha, they turned to Jesus. They called out to him. They sent for him. They went to the source of strength and power. A lot of times we think, Oh, where's Jesus? Have you asked him to come and be a part of whatever it is you're going through? If you haven't, don't blame him. Because scripture also tells us that he's standing at the door. He's ready for you to open it. You see, it's true that Jesus no longer walks on this earth. He no longer raises people from the grave like he did Lazarus. But he is still our source of strength. It amazes me how he uses us as Christians to be a source of strength for others in times when we're hurting, or when we're struggling. And you see, when we say at Huntsville Christian Church that we're here to, to go to win and commit to grow, this is, this is part of it. As we strive to be reflections of Christ in our community, He will use us to be that source of strength for our community and for one another. See, my Jesus is amazing. He promises his children, those who've accepted him as their Lord and Savior, those who follow him, he promises that he will never leave us. I love how David describes our God in the 23rd Psalm. It shows us that the same Jesus who's there for Mary and Martha as a source of compassion and strength and hope has been caring for his sheeple. I said that right. His sheeple. You can write that down. I made that word up. That's us, by the way. We are God's sheep people. We're his sheeple, see? And he's the good shepherd, so we're his sheeple. And he's been caring for us all these different ways from the very beginning. Let me get real with you for just a second. I'm going to get personal, too, if you don't mind. And in your business this morning, uh, and even if you do mind, it's okay. I don't mind uh, getting in your business Has anybody here been struggling with something? I'm not going to ask you what it is. Have you been struggling with something? Seriously, I'm the only one? All right, come on, people. You're in church. Jesus knows if you're lying or not. Have you been given a bit of bad news recently? Have you felt alone in a crowded room? Are you depressed? Are you suffering from anxiety? Are you sometimes just beside yourself in anger? Whatever you're dealing with right now, whatever's going through your world, whatever's in your mind, whatever's in your life, whatever's in your family, whatever's going on, I want you to close your eyes right now because I want you to hear what I'm saying and I don't want you to be distracted. I just want you to just close your eyes and think about this. 
And don't think about anything else except your frustration, your struggle, your hurt, your pain. Be selfish. Just think about you and just how rough things are. And while you're thinking about that, I want you to listen to this. Here's how this works. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Are you thinking about that that place in your life, that hurt, that darkness, that, that pain? He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Do you, have, do you have a real picture of what it is that's bugging you? Because David says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for Lord, you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. And surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Keep your eyes closed. Just pray with me for a second. Father God, here we are. Wounded, hurt, broken, sore, tormented. Whatever the right word is. For us as individuals, here we are. And your word says that you are with us. That you will comfort us. That you will care for us. That you will prepare a table for us in the presence of our enemies. That with you anointing our head, that our cup will overflow. And Lord, I ask that right now. I ask that whatever we as individuals or as a church, whatever we may be struggling with, whatever it may be that might be separating us from you, Lord, help us get away from it. Help us fully rely on you. We need your compassion. We need your strength. And most of all, we need the hope that is your son, Jesus Christ. And I thank you for sending him for us. Amen. Brothers and sisters, we may be struggling with things. You may be dealing with one of the things I mentioned earlier. Maybe I completely missed whatever you're struggling with. Maybe you're grieving, but take comfort knowing that one day we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I got to tell you this, worshiping our creator will be far, uh, when we're worshiping our creator, we will be far from the pains and the frustrations of this life. I don't care what they are right now. When we're worshiping our creator, it's not, we're not even going to notice it. We'll be far away from the sting of death. That day's not here yet. And so in the meantime, I want to encourage you to turn to Jesus. Do what Mary and Martha did. Call on him. Follow him. Read his word. Obey him and he will give you more compassion and more strength than you ever thought possible. He loves each of you. He died for you. And he will lift each of you up. And hold you in his arms if you'll call on him like Mary and Martha did. If you will come to him. And with that thought, I want to share with you one more thing that we can learn about Jesus from the story of Lazarus. And that's that Jesus is our source of hope. You see, as God's children, we do not need to fear death or anything else that's associated with it. For the grave cannot hold us. 2 Corinthians 5.8, the Bible tells us to be absent 
uh, uh, to be absent from the body is to be present. Did I give him the wrong verse? I did. Well, I gave the wrong translation. Okay, you guys are good. I'm bad. To be absent from the body is to be present with Christ. That's what I was trying to get to. Um, and I think maybe that's why Jesus wept. He knew where Lazarus was. He was about to call him back from paradise, if you will. To once again walk and work in a dirty, dusty, dry landscape to start providing for his sisters again. But remember what he said to Martha. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. He was telling Martha, hey, not only is your friend Jesus here, I'm here. Not only am I here, but I am is here. And I am the resurrection. Family and friends, Jesus is the resurrection and the life. He who believes in him will live even though he dies. Jesus is not only a source of compassion for us. He's not only a source of strength. He's not just a source of hope in this life, but in the life to come. And for people of faith, death is a graduation day. It's a day to look forward to. I was going to ask some tough questions today. Like, why would Jesus heal Lazarus and raise him from the dead, but not my father who died from stomach and colon cancer? I was going to ask that question. I was going to ask, why does Lazarus get to be completely healed and raised up? And I'm walking around most days with a cane and sores on my feet. I was going to ask that question. But I thought, no, I shouldn't ask that question. I was going to ask, why do Mary and Martha and Lazarus get to celebrate and continue life together? And the rest of us have to suffer through physical death for our loved ones. But I thought, I'm not going to ask those questions. Because the reality is this. We don't need to focus on the whys or the why nots of this story. We need to remember the promises. Jesus has told us, in this life there will be troubles for us. So, hey John, your dad is going to die and your feet are going to hurt. Suck it up, buttercup, and get doing some kingdom work because that's what I'm here to do with you. And some of you just said, did he really say all that? Yeah. Jesus said, in this life you will have trouble. He didn't say, in this life, you get an excuse from doing kingdom work because you have trouble. He didn't say, in this life, you get an excuse from doing kingdom work because your feet hurt. It's not that simple. My feet really hurt. It's bad. It's ugly. And it's called cryofibrinogenemia. You should look it up if you can remember how to Google all that. But it hurts. But Jesus didn't say that's an excuse to not do kingdom work. He said, that's all the more reason I need to get busy. Death is, is part of what we experience every day in life, and that's something we can gain from this story. And I want to tell you this. In this story, I believe that Jesus is showing us how he will be with us as our compassionate shepherd, as our source of strength when he's protecting his sheeple, because we need that protection sometimes. Sometimes we need to be protected from ourselves. Sheep are dumb. Sheeple aren't much smarter than sheep, just so you know. He makes a promise of hope in leading us to a place where we can lay down and rest. Brothers and sisters in heaven, there'll be no more pain, no more heartache, no more sickness, no more sin, and no more death. See, but we're not in heaven yet. So we're going to endure those things, and we're going to be a reflection of Christ while we endure those things. Because Christ is our source of compassion. He's our source of strength. He's our source of hope today just as he was for Mary and Martha and Lazarus. 
Only he can forgive our sins and bring us true life. The question you have to answer, like I said earlier, is the title of this message. Jesus, who are you? Because how you answer that question will guide not only how you respond to God's word this morning, but how you answer that question will guide how you live your life every single day between now and eternity. Do you believe that Jesus is your source of compassion? Do you believe that Jesus is your source of strength? Do you believe that Jesus is your source of hope? Do you believe that he is your good shepherd? Do you believe that he is the Christ, the son of the living God? Do you believe that our God is a good and loving and just God, that he created us in his image, that he created a way for us to be with him forever when we leave this world behind? I'll tell you this, I've never been, but I promise you there's no better place to spend forever than heaven. As we come to our response time this morning, I want to encourage you all, no matter what you're going through in life, be like Mary and Martha. Pause long enough to call on Jesus. Pause long enough to look to Jesus, to let him lead you through whatever it is. Pause long enough to let him comfort you during your struggle and allow him to strengthen you during that time. Accept him as the source of compassion that you need right now. Accept Jesus as your source of strength during the times of your struggle. Whatever they are, allow him to be your source of hope always. But most importantly, consider turning to him and living your life for him because he was born to die for you and he is the resurrection and the life. I don't know what that looks like for you. Maybe it's baptism for the forgiveness of your sins to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I promise you the water is warm because the heater just turned off. It's not always the case. Maybe you just need some encouragement, some redirection, some prayer with the elders. They're here and Our elders would love to pray with you if you're going through some of the things I mentioned. They'd love to to encourage you in that Jesus is that source of strength and compassion and hope. Whatever storm that you're going through right now, whatever your response is this morning, will you stand and sing our response song with us? And will you praise him in your storm of life? Will you call on him? Will you respond to God's word accordingly?